0: You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson.
1: What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson here with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. You can follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio and make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, Happy to be welcoming back to the show a friend of TCA, uh, a guy who's made a little time for us despite keeping just ungodly hours this week while he's running the uh, morning show. Steve Lloyd is back. How are you doing today? Awesome, how are you doing, Matt? Not too bad at all. Really appreciate uh, you making some time. I know it's 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 an interesting week for you. How do you fu- before we get into all this stuff, like do you mind doing the morning thing? Does it really mess with you? Like, do you ever get used to it? Uh, it's you y- end up
0: uh, you need a nap in the afternoon at least i do but the trick is you don't want to sleep too long cuz then you can't fall asleep at night right um and and in previous uh times in my career um i've worked a, a lot of consecutive weeks and mornings mm-hmm. and i find that's easier once you you get into the rhythm of it sure. uh but i got to tell you like i just i just do the odd week here and there usually during the summer spring months when vacations start to roll through right and yep. and will and all often sit in for jr obviously um, it, it is a little more difficult because by the time your body kind of gets used to it, it's Thursday or Friday, right? And then you're done <laughs> and then you're back, you're no more hours the, uh, the following week. But you know what? I, I like it in the summer months. I really like being off early in the, uh, well in the morning we're off at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like kind of having the day to do other things. And,
1: uh, I like to golf and I can squeeze in around something like that. So you, uh, you always find the benefit of it that way. I see. Okay. Well, you know how we do around here. Uh, you got something to sip on while we have this conversation?
0: I will, uh, be dipping into a. uh, I, I've kind of, I'm on a Calypso. I like the Perth Calypso. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a nice IPA. Uh, so I'll be, uh, partaking
1: there. Yeah. So I've got, uh, this is one I've never tried before. This is called the Magnolia Lane, uh, IPA from the Indie Ale House down in Toronto. Now, mm-hmm. um, been trading beers here for a little while with uh, your occasional co-host there Michaela Schreider my occasional co-host Michaela Schreider mm-hmm. and we've been trading beers back and forth so this is one uh she hooked me up with here it's it's a bit of a bigger bottle but we're starting earlier in the afternoon so I got time to kind of work it off before the uh the end of the day but this is uh this, they say it's all kinds of you know there's a million different citrusy fruits listed here on the side with a trace of coconut and I like a little coconut in my beer now and then so that's where I'm going to be uh that's what I'll be going with um Tell me, I guess, why don't we just start there for a second, you know, over the last year or so, have you kind of gotten into or gotten on board with the, the, and I, I guess I don't mean Steve Bunda, but the beer delivery services, all these breweries <laughs> started running, uh, you know, delivering their stuff around cause they had to close down their showrooms. You've been taking advantage of that at all over the last little while.
0: I went really hard on the delivery process for the first few months of it because yep. uh, it was it was a novelty, Matt, as you know. Hey, well, we'll make the most of it. Hey, okay, we're in a <laughs> pandemic, and I'm supporting and it, local. I'm helping. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I had to take a look at myself. It was getting out of hand. It was like <laughs> two four showing up at the door, <laughs> and trying to explain it to my wife. Oh, okay, we got another one, do we? Yeah, I got another one. Um, but I, I did early on. But uh, um, as far as the delivery. Like the, the benefit of, you know, where, where we live, I'm, I'm, there, there's so many around that mm-hmm. I can get to easily on my own. Um, like I will often hit the, 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 Perth brewery because, uh, especially in the warmer months here, my, my parents live on big Rito, And so I'll just take the long way and go through Perth sure. rather than Smith Falls and dive in there and, uh, and grab some there and mention Ashton. I've always been a fan of Ashton. I think I told you the, my personal connection story the last time I was on, which yeah. is a while ago. Um, in that, um, Ashton Beer, the Ashton Brewery, uh, the the old uh, the old Ashton Pub is where it is, right? Obviously in Ashton, mm-hmm. and I grew up in Carlton Place. And the consultant, when they decided that they wanted to brew beer, was Lauren Hart, and I know Lauren. I worked for Lauren at wow. the old Hart Brewery yep. uh, in the industrial park in Carlton Place. So many of the recipes uh, for Ashton are the old Hart beers. And so uh, when I learned that I'm like well no wonder I'm partial to this because I've had a lot of this when I was a younger guy sure. as a tour as a tour guide at that brewery way back in the day so yeah, there's, there's my long answer, but you know me, Matt. The answer is yes. I, I, li- <laughs> I like my craft beer. Okay. Um, walking distance uh, in, in our hood, I'll, I've walked Anita a few times, and I've got a little trolley, you know, just to make sure it makes me feel better. that I get my exercise, <laughs> and I walk there to get the beer rather than drive, <laughs> and I put it back in the trolley, and I walk back. You know, I get the kids an ice cream, and everybody's happy.
1: There's a couple that I've come across here in this little neighbor, well, extended neighborhood, we'll call it. Um, I'd never tried... Uh, before the pandemic, I'd never heard of, I don't think, I'd never tried uh, Evergreen. And I've kind of stumbled across a few of their beers here since and made a couple orders from there. Um, okay. Really good stuff. And then out in your old neck of the woods there, Carlton Place, uh, I'd also, up until um, you know the pandemic set in and they started bringing beers in and doing deliveries, Stalwart is another one that yep. uh, I sort of was new to me. And I, I've done at least two, maybe three orders over the last 15 months from there. Um, cause they, they keep cycling through some, some nice stuff. Is there anything new that you think you've stumbled across since we've kind of been stuck at home?
0: Brand new to me. Um, yeah. I would say I, I kind of go through kicks. Like I, I've always loved, uh, uh Browns. Yeah, and uh, so I like I like the sample brown beers as much as I possibly can. And our good friend Stevie Bundit just dropped off a couple of more. Speaking of, there's another brewery in Perth. From there, I got to check that out. Right. I-, I-, I I've been saving them. I haven't opened them yet. I gotta, okay. I got. But I will get into that. Uh, but I kind of go through kicks. And and to be honest, like my my quaffing beer right now is Calypso. It's a bit yeah. of a lighter flavor in the hotter uh, months here. So I'm 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 kind of what I'm having right now. That's uh. But that'll change, right? I'll sure. I'll move on to something else here, but. You know, I, I'm always interested to try new things.
1: Well, this time of year, the, the Calypso style stuff is pretty nice. Um, I don't know if you're into the seltzers at all, but we've been pushing everybody towards, uh, we recently had Justin Howell of the Red Blacks on and, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, he's involved now, uh, or was involved. I'm not sure if he'll, he'll keep that or not, but you know, with the CFL shut down, a lot of those guys had to go find other gigs, right? So, yeah. um, he started working for a brewery that was making a new hard seltzer called Bangarang. And I got to okay. tell you, not really normally a seltzer guy but he sent a couple over for us to try knowing that he was coming on and everything and some really good stuff, man. Like, especially when it's hot out like that, a couple early in the day, they're, they're all kind of a fruity flavor of something. There's a pink lemonade, there's a lemon lime, there's a mango and uh, a blueberry or something like that. Um, I'm not a big mango guy. The other three really enjoyed them all. So uh, if you find yourself, you know, hot summer afternoon and you see that kicking around in the LCBO or something's worth a shot.
0: I've ne- I've never tried uh, the the seltzers yet at any of the uh, the yeah. I didn't uh, the think I love it. Seltzers. right?
1: This is good. Yeah. This is this one's really okay. good. It, it keeps it in that kind of beer range and uh, nice tie right there to the Red Blacks. So it's been good. Um, Very nice. Let me throw you back here about 15 months to when the uh, the world started to shut down and and you're hosting a daytime sports talk radio show and all of a sudden the uh, most employers are telling everybody go home, get out of the office, get out of the studio. And it's not really any sports happening. What do those first couple of weeks look like for somebody in your position, where all of a sudden I am not in the same room as whatever co-host I may have, and even if I were, I don't know what we're going to talk about today.
0: Well, yeah, that that was it when the when sports just started to to shut down. The only thing we really had to draw upon is because let, let's be honest, Uh, the number one sport to talk about in this country and this town is still hockey, right? Sure. So we're, we're usually focusing on hockey and usually focusing on the NHL. So we've had work stoppages before, as we all know <laughs> Yes. Uh, in, in the NHL. So we, we know what that's like. Two, don't we? That's... Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, so we, we, we know what that's like to kind of tap dance through, uh through that. So you can draw on that a little bit, but e- even when that was going on, there was other, other sports, right. You kind of, you would gravitate towards and sink your teeth into to fill your programming and and fill the interest level of the fan base uh, of all sports fans. But this, we've never seen anything like this. It's like, there was nothing right. It it, it was all shut down. So we kind of, we dove deep into the, basically uh, the gimmick game, right? The, it was like, Midsummer radio game, um, uh, where you come up with, with the topics like, all right, all right, give me your top 10 list or your, 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 <laughs> your, your favorite left-hand batters of all time. Give me your, give, give me another list uh, and just, just that kind of stuff. Yep. Right. And, and also, and, and I, I, I've always believed this and some people get so upset. Like we do at TSN 1200. We've got three daily shows in the four hour blocks. Uh, that, that, those are long shows yep. and, and I get it with, with the passion. Um, if you deviate from sports, we still get angry text messages. This is garbage. <laughs> Stick to sports. If, if we tell little anecdotes about some other things here, um, but obviously when there was no sports, there was more of that as well. More yeah. of just more of just regular kind of talk radio that way. Um, but you, home base is still sports. But it, it, it was certainly an adjustment. But you know, I'm I, I'm proud of how we got through it. Um, to be honest with you, I, I think everybody did a very good job uh, just trying to, to to
1: fill that time and just still try to be entertaining for everybody that was tuning in. So when that happens, you are now doing a radio show from home. The kids are home from school. Um, what sort of detente has to go on to be, I need you to be quiet for a couple of hours while I get yep. some work done. Um, I need you to maybe not hog the internet. I, I have a buddy who <laughs> works in TV um, out in BC and he's um, he was co-hosting a, a news show in the evening, 5 to 7 p.m. in Victoria. And he had this thing with his kids that, look, throughout the day, stream your games, Netflix, I'm not going to fight with you, do whatever you need to do. But from 5 to 7, there's no Netflix. there's (laughs) There's no Twitter. Like they lived in kind of this rural area, nothing that might eat even a single piece of our internet connection. I need it. because because this TV connection is holding on by a thread for me to do my show. Was there any sort of like, what's the adjustment? Like all of a sudden, everybody's back home. And what you do requires some semblance of, of quiet around you. Well, for, fortunately,
0: as far as an internet connection, we never had an issue with that. It sounds like your buddy lived rurally and probably didn't have a great connection. No, you didn't. Every right. every ounce yes, that exactly. was coming <laughs> in, don't touch. So, didn't have that issue. Obviously, yeah. uh, for for that, and and you know what? Because oftentimes when the kids were sent home for long stretches here, they were online as well. we doing online schooling, so yeah. there was all right. They they've got to go to school, and I got to do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there wasn't a big issue that way. It, it got better as it went along here. Um, like basically, uh, at the, where I'm speaking to you now, it's, it's kind of a makeshift office. I've never really created a, a big home office. And I think maybe that's on my to-do list now. It's made you <laughs> re- re- really, think things. Um, but we, we've got this, uh, I, I guess you'd call it like an extra bedroom in the, in the basement uh, of the house. Right. Um, and it's the kid's playroom and it's also kind of the workout room, right? Yeah, where you basically hang laundry on things sure. that are work on machines <laughs> you know it's kind of the the catch all room but it's their room like it's it, like i'm looking at i've got i've got uh, two castles here with barbie dolls all over sure, the place yeah. and what have you but i stuck a desk in here and and you know created this uh, little corner of it uh, to myself so um I'm getting. I'm rambling on this. So my my. The short answer is, I got to give them credit. It's been good. They're they're 12 and 10 years old, and I just told them, said, "Listen, the door's shut for a reason. Uh, between these hours, you, you it's not like you cannot not talk to me. Right. Uh, but if you need to to talk to me." open the door very quietly and slowly <laughs> and i i my i will see it okay just don't fire in and yell at me for something <laughs> okay which happened a few times yep. in the early days but then they, they figured it out that if, if if you really need to say something to me and tell me in the next commercial break come come see me no problem yep. just quietly open the door <laughs> give me a little look and i'll know to come see you but in the early days it wasn't that quiet but it, it got better quickly
1: it's funny you reference, you know, what you're looking at there and the, your environment. We had uh, Tim McAuliffe was on the show there from uh, from Sportsnet back in the fall. Yep. And we were trying to get this software that you and I are working or using right now. It, he was having a hard time getting it working. He tried two different microphones that Sportsnet had sent over for him, like high-end stuff. He's running it through the camera, the Sportsnet camera that's allowing him to get on the show. Every, it won't work. It won't work. And we end up doing the show. Uh, he's using his kid's Xbox headset because it was sitting right beside him in his uh, family <laughs> rec room too. So I said, "I got like twelve thousand dollars worth of technology sitting beside me. I'm using the hundred and twenty nine dollar USB microphone. So there you go, whatever works. That's right. You make do with uh, with whatever you have to. Um, as things kind of came back online, like was there any sort of uh. You know what did what did you kind of make of of doing this as things came back around and and we saw sports come back the 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 NHL and the NBA ran successful bubbles um, last summer and but it was weird right you're, you're watching there's like video game sound effects in the background for crowds and there's nobody there and you're watching guys lift championships with no one in the crowd um, did it take away from like to me I got to be honest with you, it felt less real. It obviously felt less important with what the world was all going through, but it just, I don't know. I, I had a hard time taking it seriously. And I, I don't mean that to take away from the teams that won those titles. They went up against everything that, ev- you know, all their opponents went through the same thing. It was an even playing field, but I'm sitting there watching somebody lift the Stanley cup in what looks like a morning practice ske- uh, session, right? Or, or something like that. Did you have a hard time? Kind of falling back into it, or was it just sort of like, thank God it's back and we have something to talk about every day? <laughs>
0: yeah, I know what you're saying, and I uh, it did. Of course, it felt weird, um, but by the time let's specifically talk about the NHL when they finally fired it back up and they went into the bubbles, I was like, for us and what we do, it's like, thank goodness we've <laughs> we've got something to sink our teeth in. we don't have to keep doing these top ten lists and right, what have right. you as, as quite as often. And it was, of course, it's weird. You're watching it and the fans, and and it was. Re- I, th- I thought it got better, but in the early stages, there's, uh, to their credit, the NHL is trying to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they they brought the guys in from EA Sports for the sound effects, and it was really goofy <laughs> yes. at the start because they were missing the mark a lot. But you know what? They it got a little bit better, and they kind of got you kind of got used to the to the air quotes weirdness, yeah, uh, a little bit. At least I did, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, and then uh, the hockey just became the hockey, and I'll, I'll give credit to the players. Like that's got to be just a Odd environment to play yeah, in, yeah. but they still brought it. They there was still an intensity. It was still. Well, the a one thing game. that I
1: brought up, Steve, or that kept yeah. making it was weird for me, or was jarring to me. When you skate at full blast and ram somebody into the boards, you know going in, it's going to hurt you too. But twenty thousand people are going to cheer when you get up, and there's going to be that shot of adrenaline, right? You block a slap shot, and the crowd right. goes nuts for you, and you can kind of use that, it doesn't take the the pain out of it, but it's, it, maybe it lessens it a little to just do it in an empty building. I was like, this has to feel insane down there. Like, and yeah. you just don't have that boost. Like it, it, it just seemed so odd. Like, in- well, but to
0: your overall point though, it, it was, that was. Weird yes. when Tampa won the Stanley Cup and then let's bring the cup out onto the ice right. and let's let's tour around and lift the cup and <laughs> you're supposed to be showing the crowd and there's nobody there. Right? It just it it, it made you think about being a kid and it's street hockey. Sure. You know, like and you're pretending you've won the Stanley Cup. Yes. But no, this is real. They won the Stanley Cup and um full value. Don't take anything away from the Tampa Bay Lightning for for that Stanley Cup. That was a tough cup to win and then and they did it. But as I kind of got accustomed to how weird it was, it all came rushing back about exactly how weird it was when they actually won the cup. And then you watch them celebrate in in an empty
1: arena. Yeah, no, you're right. And I I was honestly, after the annual Leaf shame in the first round of the playoffs, and you kind of get back into it and you're watching it this year, I was happy. And even if not happy, like just sort of like, that's fine. When they won it again this year and they got to do it in front of their, they won it at home, they're yeah. doing the the parade thing, the boat parade. They're dinging up the cop there. Um, whatever. <laughs> There's a great tweet I saw that that'll buff out. Really. Yeah, that's um, right. But you know what? In that sense, like if Tampa was gonna win it again, you're kind of like that seems fair that you got to do it for real this. Time. And they were still every bit as good of a team. Full value for it. Um, you know, we can talk about the salary cap. Crap or whatever. That's that's on the league, not on Tampa Bay. So I, I was kind of like when I saw them get to do it for real this year. I was happy they won it at home, um, and they're they're doing their whole thing. You're like, that seems fair, right? That seems justified or justice being served a little bit.
0: Well, and also like the best team won the Stanley Cup. Yes, it did. Okay, to uh, some sometimes, like usually. We talk about Cinderella. Montreal certainly had that, that Cinderella feel to them here. And we've had other examples where where teams make the final mm-hmm. that nobody really thought would make the final. And here's the thing about the NHL. Gary Bettman can talk about parity all he wants. And and yes, there has been more parity a little bit in the salary cap era. But yep. this is what usually happens. Cinderella can go on a run, but she never wins. Nope. You, like the, the team that is supposed to win the Stanley Cup final, when it's a team obviously against a team that is coming – kind of com- coming from nowhere. hmm the, the team that's supposed to win wins and and the Tampa Bay Lightning, I, I think maybe we all kind of overlooked them a little bit. At least I I did. I knew they were great. And as you started to look at it here, maybe I was too focused on Vegas and Colorado in the West and thinking, yes. oh boy, which one of those teams is going to come out and win the cup yep. here? Yep. Uh, hello, uh, Tampa stacked <laughs> defending champions. And did it um, without
1: their best player all year, right? Like yeah, around, and now so. he's back. Yes. So <laughs> why should we, why should we uh, be surprised
0: uh, that Tampa did it? That's a heck of an accomplishment to, to win the Stanley Cup in back-to-back years, yeah. and and under these circumstances as well, you know, hats off. That, that's a tremendous accomplishment.
1: No, I I totally agree with that, and I, I'm with you. I kind of thought, you know, Colorado maybe looked unstoppable, or at least like a Colorado Tampa final. I'm like, I won't miss a minute of that. That's going to be incredible. And then both those teams fall away uh, at West, and you're kind of left with. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, you referenced the, the Cinderella teams and, and they kind of came up like that, right? You remember the Oilers 06 run and the mm-hmm. Um, the Flames in 4 and, and there's been a bunch of them, like teams that just get on a heat. Well, you, you could even say the Blues, right? They were in last place in January. Yeah. Um, well, even Ottawa, when we went to the Cup in 07. 7
0: yeah. I, I wouldn't say they were full-on Cinderella. They were a good team, yeah. but it, it was a little bit of a surprise. right? Sure, it's like yeah. yeah. Big, they, they lost three games before they hit the final. They won 4-1, 4-1, 4-1. It's like,
1: okay, <laughs> this is all right. Yeah. But then Anaheim was a better team, and For they sure. won. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. Sometimes that just happens. And unfortunately, you know, as you referenced, Ottawa, Edmonton, um, these Cinderella teams, not only do they usually not win, they kind of go into hibernation a little bit afterwards and and sometimes don't necessarily reappear for a bit. I'm not sure what Montreal is going to look like there next year back in the Atlantic with, we'll see what Boston's going to look like, but Tampa's still going to be what Tampa's going to be. Toronto will be in the mix there. Florida looks like they're, you know, Sitting pretty yeah. good, they're going to get Ekblad back, so we'll see with Montreal. But uh, I don't know. What did you think this year of the the overall, you know, pace of play? I, I don't know what you'd want to call it. The actual games on the ice to me in the final weren't very interesting. You had one team. Um, Tampa's perfectly capable of shutting it down, too, and playing a defensive style when they want to, but Montreal needs to, right? They need to just hold the door shut for as long as they can and hopefully drag it into the mud and, and win a bit of a coin toss, and they were able to do that for a long time. I thought there was some rounds there. The Islanders were similar, right, in the, the conference final. I I think there was a bit of an issue with, uh, with style of play throughout some of this.
0: Well... Uh- What the way Montreal played um, is, and I, I specifically to their back end. They they built that defense. That's old school. How you win in the playoffs. Uh, we, we, we got some big boys and we're going to lean on you and, you know, there's not going to be, things that are going to be called as much in the playoffs and that's another conversation altogether, <laughs> but that's a reality that yep. we all know, yep. right. You know, when they went out and got Sherrod the year before and they bring it Edmondson, you already got Weber and, and Petrie's not like a big horse physical guy, but he's a big man sure. and, you know, and, and he can play the big man's game and they just leaned on those four guys and then carry price. You know, turned into the carry price that he's been through much of his career where he's been inconsistent the last few years, and he was great uh for, for most of the playoffs. Wasn't as good early in the final, especially. Um, but that that was the recipe. You know, we got we got the big boys in the blue line. We're gonna play the heck out of them. We got a goalie in the top of his game here, and uh we're we're gonna try to lock this thing down and be opportunistic with the talent we have on the lineup. And you know, good on them. You know, that that, yep. that was the way to get to the Stanley Cup final.
1: But I can't imagine ESPN and TNT were particularly excited that this was the product. You know, what they saw in the conference finals, ratings were way down in the U.S. this year. Part of that's just that it's a Canadian team instead Mm. of a a Boston or a New York or a Chicago or whatever, right? Um, I don't know. To me, that wasn't the best showcase of the sport in the conference or in the uh, cup final this year.
0: Well, it's also, um, when, when I think about ratings as well, we've talked about this on, on the various shows, uh, at the station as well. Um, I don't care if it's hockey, it's, it's the NBA, it's golf, even the NFL mm-hmm. to a lesser extent here, uh, the ratings were off, uh, yeah. during, yes. during the pandemic. And, and I would say, especially for sports, like the NFL is the only major sports entity that didn't have its schedule affected. Like they played when they were supposed to play. Yes. Um, everybody else was playing. It was very August. America of them. No, we're done.
1: Oh, yeah. Pandemic's over. We're doing this. Let's go. <laughs> no,
0: no. Yeah. Ex- well, if we're in the middle of it. It's like, no, no. We're going to be playing. We're going to play in our own stadiums. Yep. Right. Like, remember? Well, here we are. It was this time last year. It's like, the NFL are really going to do this? <laughs> are they? Gonna, are going to play in their own stadiums? Still, Head we don't down. have any we're vaccines going. yet. Yeah. We're, we're we're doing this. We are the shield. We're the <laughs> NFL. And and they they did it right. Yes, so, they did. um. So they were the only entity that was able to. They, they just went status quo obviously without fans but their schedule was the same no we're doing our thing here everybody else um uh, for the most part had things you know thrown into a blender and you the Stanley cups being handed out in September yes. and even and even this cups handed out in July and uh, NBA was on a weird schedule the golf majors were like the masters was in November yeah, that was really weird I'm I mean I loved it though I love watching I <laughs> was, that was the, I'm a golf guy and yeah. I love watching the masters in November to see what that course looked like but mm. my point is is you know like it's um as far as the ratings go and and you can get into streaming as well and and we're in the, we're still in the evolution of that of yep. how how we look at ratings and what what's real and what's not here you know pe- people are still interested um but uh i just wonder what it's all going to look like once you know we we settle down here um and we, we get through this pandemic and everybody gets back onto their own schedule and we feel normal again and and then we'll, i think we'll have a better sense about where the future of ratings are going for professional sports.
1: There's a couple of current things here and I've, I've sort of steered us down this, this current road and, and we'll get to a couple other current things I want to ask you about, but one last thing on the pandemic, I wanted to, um, you know, just see if, if you'd had a similar experience anywhere or whatever, I, I can tell you, and I've told the story on the podcast before that I'd sort of, I don't know, fallen out of love with the UFC. I, I sort of, I just lost interest a little bit. They'd added a couple more, uh, weight divisions. There was a bunch more talent being added in. I, it got harder and harder to follow the names and I was just into other things. And so for a couple of years, I wasn't watching it very much. And then all of a sudden, you know, you talked about the NFL and how they just said, yeah, we're going to play anyway. Dana White and the UFC were very much the same way. Just like, I don't care. We'll build an Island in the middle of the ocean somewhere. And you know, if you won't sanction us to fight here, we'll just go do it somewhere else. And sure enough, they did it. They end up at fight Island off Abu Dhabi and they're running events while most of the rest of the sporting world is shut down and i was kind of like well this is what's left of sports right now right like i I'll, I'll see if i can get back into this and i really did like i it it, it kicked off for me again this oh, i remember why i loved this right and you start to get to know all the new guys and these new weight divisions and and it really kind of triggered me back into the sport because it was on and nothing else was did you have anything like that, whether it be sports or a TV show or a hobby or something like that else that, that all of a sudden I have time for this again and it's back on my radar when maybe it wouldn't have been otherwise. My answer is going to be a little more boring for you. Um,
0: (laughs) I'll I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, So, basically i watch a lot of sports yeah this just in okay this is what i do so at our place here i've got i've got the downstairs rec room and that's kind of air quotes my room okay okay? that's where i'm watching the sports and the main living room is you know the main living room and my wife you know that's kind of air quotes again her tv sure okay that that way and so i can watch my sports and i honestly uh i ended up watching a lot more things with my wife
1: (laughs) I remembered the, I was married. <laughs> in
0: the in the in the evenings. Like not that we never do. No, not, I don't no. want to make it sound like that, but we, we we make a point. Hey, uh you wanna stream this show we'll watch it. Sure. And they make a point and like make sure you don't watch an episode without me. Right, and, yeah. And, and and more of that. And and we, we got like as we splinter off here. I don't know about you. My my viewing habits, because even when we were we've got sports full on here, I gotta I gotta do something else yep. for just to unplug here. And I I I I, I would rather watch a really good uh, stream television series in a movie these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm the same I, way w- I, I would much rather follow the story arc and get more depth of the characters and what have you. So to be honest with you, I did more of that. Hmm. I watched uh, more uh, series and just dabbled in, in different things that way uh, than I ever have uh, pretty much as an adult since work, working in in sports just because we didn't have anything yep. uh, to really to work on. And, and, and the thing is... It, like sometimes I've got my favorite sports and I've got sports that really, um,
1: it feels a little more like work to watch them, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll we've watch tried it to be- get you to come on here with Bunda and Creech and talk UFC and you're not biting. Yeah. So it's well, not uh, for everybody. right? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I watch
0: it a little bit. I just don't get right into it here, but what, I, I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know what, what matters to people. Like if, if it, just yes. because it's not my favorite thing, I know there's enough people that want to talk about this, do your homework on it, get sure. into it yep. and, 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 and check it out here. Whereas, As everything was shut down, I had no guilt of thinking, "Hey, maybe I should watch some more sports," and you know, (laughs) because I do, I am a sports talk show host. Oh, wait a minute, there's really nothing Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So I'm all I need to do is read and stay up to date on on the what ifs and the rumor mill and what have you. To sit down and watch sports, I I can't do that anyway. So honestly, I kind of sunk my
1: teeth into uh, the creative arts. Let's put it that way a little bit more. Now, was it like a nice, well written show, or did you fall into the reality trap? Because I had a buddy of mine Uh, text me after several months. He's like, I'm. I feel nervous asking you this. I don't want to end up on your show, but he goes, I, I've been watching the bachelorette with my wife or oh. the bachelor or something. I can't remember. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to no. judge you, but I'm, but don't talk to me about that. <laughs> don't no. bring that
0: over here. No, no, no. Like, I, like, listen, I'm not going to judge people, but I guess I'm going to judge people. Right. Like, my reality. And I've said this for years, even in the, the infancy of reality shows years ago, OK, what's what, what's a reality TV show? And I, we understand why there's so many of them now, because you want to make a PVR proof, right? The yep. networks They want to make you watch, sit there and watch the commercials and you got to have something in real time. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you do? You let let's have a show. Let's have a uh, let's throw a bunch of people together to kind of play some sort of a game on this show uh in a re- air quotes re- I'm saying air quotes a lot more brutal um um reality setting okay yeah. and let's have a loose set of rules mm-hmm. and based on that there's going to be a winner yeah we just describe sports this yes. is why I'm a sports fan this is it this is why I watch sports you just describe sports so to create reality tv shows it just and and I've tried to watch a few episodes over the years of different things, and I end up getting angry just watching them like this I, isn't I find reality it, i find <laughs> I find it moronic and it's oh man and well in in some of the the, the talent shows, like in my house i've I've got two two girls and my wife yeah, and they love, especially my girls mm-hmm. love the mass singer okay jazz, yeah, love it. so Wednesday nights. Um, I can hear the hooting and hollering upstairs <laughs> as I'm downstairs watching sports or whatever I'm into. And one of my little girls will run down in the commercial break and tell me what happened. Yeah. Um, and and I'll pretend like I care. All right. Sure. And, and, and the one time I think, oh, really? Uh, yeah, there was this guy and he was in a lion costume and he was a football player. And I and blew their mind. I said, was it Rob Gronkowski? <laughs> yes. His name was Rob. His name was Rob. I said, ah, OK, dad got one. So yeah, not a reality show guy. No,
1: no. Scripted TV for me, please. Um, Anything you want to recommend?
0: Oh man, I got lots. uh, Uh, I can't wait for the final season of two shows to come out. I can't wait for the final season of Better Call Saul to come out. Right. And also Peaky Blinders.
1: I've heard Peek, tons pe- about Peaky Blinders. Peaky
0: Blinders yeah. might be my favorite show of all time. Yeah. Um, it is phenomenal. And I've been following along. I think they're done and they're just editing. And I think they're going to put it out in January, okay. I believe. So that's, uh, it's so good. It's an uh, excellent, excellent show. So th- th- those are just two, but you know, I've, there's so many others that I watch. But And, I, and I've got into um, some of the limited series as well. Uh, the Outsider on. Uh, yeah. You can get it on Crave with Ben Mendelsohn. I love Ben Mendelsohn. Okay, oh, here I go. Bloodline. Right. Watch Bloodline okay. on Netflix. There's three seasons of Bloodline. It's all based in the Florida Keys. It's this family that's got so many skeletons in their closet. It's tremendous. <laughs> Ben Mendelsohn's awesome in it. And he's in this uh, mini mini series called The uh, uh, the Outsider as well. I just finished Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet. It's awesome as well. Hmm. So uh, sometimes uh, I'll, I'll try to gravitate towards that because you know it's just one season. And it's just kind of like a long movie that sure. way. But it's but it's usually eight to ten episodes and it kind of wraps up. Your Honor was really good with Brian Cranston. Hmm. Similar kind of a thing as well. So anyways, yeah.
1: I could go on, Matt. Okay. Uh, I've watched a lot over the last year and a half. <laughs> um. Why don't we talk just a little bit in in general, you know, as, as we sit here now, we're less than a week away from the expansion draft. We're going to have the NHL entry draft and then free agency all still upon us here before July closes out, um, about where the senators are at and, you know, they had a really interesting season. I think they were better than a lot of people expected, certainly better than I expected, but it was sort of. You know, maybe this is a little harsh, but it was irrelevant after the first 10 games or 13 games or whatever it was when they were just awful to start. And then they quickly decided, okay, we got some vets in the way here. We got to change some things up. And then the rest of the way, a really competitive team, probably more so than than, like I said, than what a lot of people would have expected. Do you think the expectations now coming out of that, like what did you think of the season in general? And now these expectations that, hey, maybe they're ready to be you know, in the race for a a playoff spot next year and and at least be in the mix? Is that justified? Is that one of those, we're out of it so early that the pressure is off? Like kind of how do you take this weird season that we all just went through from the perspective of the Ottawa Senators?
0: I I think that um, uh, anything short of being competitive I'm not saying have to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's a tough division. We all know the, the division they're going back to. That's a really good division. And then before you even get into the rest of the East as well. So sure. it's gonna be it's gonna be tough uh, to make the playoffs. So I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs. And in fact, I if I had to bet on, I'd say no. Right at at this stage. But anything short of being competitive, I would say up to the trade deadline, this team cannot go to another trade deadline. And everybody knows well guess we're selling, selling right. and it's over, right? It, you, you've, you've got to be better than that. And you're right. Like it's, you can play the, you have some butts story. Everybody, every team can do it and fans yep. do it all the time. And I get it, but they just had a horrific start to their season. They beat the Leafs in the first game. And then they, they got, then, of course they did. <laughs> then they got, then they got one win in their next 13 or 14 games. Right. Like they went, well, what was it? I don't have
1: it in front of me. Wasn't it two, 12 and one. It was something ridiculous uh, like that. Yes.
0: And then, and, and I, I remember looked at it. so I. Yes, we can go to NHL.com. You you can do standings by yep. date, right? Yeah. So I went from that point forward for the rest of the season. They finished fourth in right. the division. Yeah. They, you know, their their start absolutely buried them. Um. But i uh, but ifs and buts. Too bad, right? Yep. Yeah. That that counts. It 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 all counts. But they don't have to make. This is just my opinion. Everybody can have their own. I don't think it's a failure if they miss the playoffs. It's a failure if it's once again, again. Because right. it's been about four years of really tough uh, hockey for the Sens fans to consume sure. here, okay? You can't go through another trade deadline, and you're out of it, and you know the conversation's all about, all right, who's selling? It, it's time to start turning the corner, and they sh- I think they will be competitive. I, I think they will be in it. They won't be dead and buried right. by a trade deadline next season, but I think that's the bare minimum that this team has to accomplish. And also, yeah, like I, I, I truly wonder what the only thing that really matters in terms of uh, uh, expectation level, what does Eugene Melnick truly think about this team right now? He's just brought in Pierre Maguire Mm -hmm. uh, into the front office here. Um, What is Pierre Maguire telling Eugene Melnick
1: about this team? Because he's going to have a big voice. I assume he's Uh, telling him where some of his players played junior or. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And
0: what they had for breakfast back in 1992. (laughs) Right. What what have you. So, um, but uh, uh, I, despite what it, because as I ramble, as I stumble along here, because I've seen all kinds of text messages. There's people that just don't like Pierre McGuire, right? Um, you know, from from its broadcasting, and they just hate the hire here. And I'm like, fine, to each their own, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. But you you can't sit here and tell me that adding a experienced voice into the front office and such a small front office is yes. not a good thing. So is it going to be the right fit? Well, time's going to tell, but they had to do, this is overdue to add somebody like that. So back to stay on point here. Um, What does Eugene Melnick think of this team? If this team comes out, let's, okay. They start 2-12-1 to start the season. Yeah, done people, are getting, people are getting fired. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. There PG's will only be start. one
1: Pierre left at that point. They're not both yeah. staying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, and yeah. it's going to be multiple. Like, yeah. there's going to be
1: multiple firings. Yes. there's
0: going to be multiple trades. You're 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 going to be moving on from the process. So, I think there is pressure to be better from ownership mm-hmm. this season. I'm curious. It's fine for me to say, hey, you don't have to make the playoffs; just be competitive. Well, maybe Eugene Melnick's saying, you, know, right. you guys better make the playoffs, or you know heads are going to roll. I don't know. Maybe maybe he feels that way. I we'll find out.
1: Do you think? Uh, so we we saw Melnick, um, who for whatever reason still prefers to talk to Bob McCowan than you guys at TSN 1200. We saw him within the last few weeks say, we're looking for a top six center and a top four defensive defenseman. I believe that's correct, isn't it? That's what he... That- Loosely, but yeah, that, that's pretty much the gist that we all got. Yeah. What do you think they need to do? Because to me, I think this is interesting. I, what you got out of the young senators uh, centers that the senators have this year was pretty good in terms of Norris and uh, Pinto when he came up looked pretty solid. So unless you're trying to push them down the line, like you can't bring in any more Derek Stepons, right? Nobody um, who's a vet just to be a vet, like you have to be bringing in a, a big fish, I would think, to push those guys down and not give them those minutes. But if you don't, like, I'm not sure what else Melnick might have meant by that. I guess I'm just saying I don't want to see any more vets for the sake of vets up front. And on defense, again, I don't really know. You know, you're kind of waiting on Sanderson, who looks like he's going to be pretty solid, but he's going back to school next year. So you're not going to see him till next spring. Um, What JBD does, you know, Zub had a pretty good rookie season in the NHL, better than people, plus a really fun name. Glad to have him around Mm. for that. Um, Just what would you do? Not necessarily, like, and if you're not stuck to Melnick's idea of a six and a a top six center and a top four um, defenseman, what would you do? What does this team need to keep moving forward, but allowing the kids to keep getting the minutes that they need?
0: Legit top uh, 4D. Yeah. Legit top 4D. Not a guy that can grow into the role. Not a maybe, a guy. Bring, that's what this team needs, really. Because when I start to look up front, and you're right, if you want to bring in a center, it better be somebody right now that you think is better than Josh Norris and Shane Pinto. Right, better, Jack better. Eichel. Okay, it, it, it better be. Well, you get the That's another. Sure, because but, but, off talent, and there's baggage with him. Sean but Monahan, point, maybe. It, it better, it better be somebody that is is a better player. Right. Then and and you're pushing down good players yes. for depth here. Don't be bringing me the Derek Steppens of the world again. Right. Uh, exactly. But I don't. When I look at the center ice position, honestly, I I'd be fine. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. Maybe
1: you move on from Colin White if you can find a taker that way. Um What's but, happened there? Is it just his contract now, or are they just generally unhappy with him?
0: I don't know if it's unhappy with them. Listen, they it's an overpayment yeah you, you can't yeah. you can't you can't paint it that 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 was a mistake uh to give them that much term and money at that point but i remember that summer when you got to go back and everybody's worried about shabbat mm-hmm. and the, everybody's anxious about the senators and it's like oh does anybody want to play here and Colin white and okay if they can get white done then that's shabbat's buddy and the, all that talk here yeah, so they got the market down a little bit we got yeah, him to they, stay right mm-hmm. they got white done mm-hmm. then they got shabbat done which was huge yes and and I, I know Colin a little bit. I, I got a lot of time for him. He's a really good guy. He really is. Um, and he, um, I, I think he is, he's fallen into putting a lot of pressure onto himself, uh, like a lot of young players with high expectations. Um, but it was quite evident. And uh, Matt, I, like I know that you, you watch more and more lease games, but yep. it was ridiculous. Um, and this is the, the compliment coming the other way here. When Shane Pintle just, Airlifted in from, from Grand, Grand Forks, yeah, the end of the season. Within a period, it's like that guy's a player, that guy's a better player than Colin White, right? Like right away, right? Like he just the way he plays every facet of his game that way. Now, I'm not saying that Colin White can't figure it out. Colin White's an NHL player, but at his salary right now, he can't can justify you, can, you, you can't plan him a third <laughs> yeah. line center. Yeah. And real, and, let, and let's be honest, he was more like a fourth line guy, okay, uh, yeah. at, at times this season uh, as well. So that's a problem. So but my point is you can move on from him. Uh, when I look at this forward group, there's, the good news is there's so much room to grow. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody's going to have a better season than the season they had before. That's no. the same for vets, and, but yep. whatever. Yep. But when, when you start to look at the depth chart, Josh Norris just, you know, really like Josh Norris. He's a really good player. I, I think he's going to settle in as an excellent two uh, in this league. Um, so y- y- I think you're good there. Shane Pinto, I think he makes the team. You filter him in. Chris Tierney's still around on the last year of his deal, I guess, for now. This is all for now discussion. You know what the offseason's going to bring. And then I really like their wings. I mean, you got Brady, Stutzla, and Formington, and Paul on your left side. Then you got Bathurston and Connor Brown, who was just awesome, my especially boy. In the second I'm half so of the year. My I'm so sad to
1: still see him in a Senators' jersey. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. He's one of my favorite players in the whole league. Loved him in Toronto, obviously.
0: Well, well, there you go. Yeah. So, and and then you're the right winger what's a disappointing dad enough. Yeah. But, you know, you still got Bathurston and, and Brown. He may be so you,
1: expansion bound here.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then Austin Watson, I think, is a perfect fourth line uh, right wing. Doesn't make much money. Fights when he has to. Kills right. penalties. I think he's well slotted. So, honestly, I like the skeleton of their forward group. I'd be fine. Leave it alone. Go right. into the season. But on the blue line, they got to get another D. They have to. And some people differ on this. And I've waffled myself. Do you have to go find a right shot partner, go into the marketplace and get a David Savard, go get Adam Larson to play with Thomas Shabbat? Hmm. What ha- okay, maybe, maybe. Yep. But
1: um. But that's the I, type I, you're looking for is the more responsible yeah, yeah, like because Shabbat's going to rush, right? He's going to do yeah. his thing, and
0: but enough skill that can play, yeah, right? make yep. make a pass and play with a partner, like Mathot with with Carlson. Exactly, Mathot was M- Mark was never a points machine, but he, he had an underrated skill set. He could handle the puck, he could skate. He's a big man, what have. You. If they you could find something like that for Thomas Shabbat, that mm. that'd be good. But I don't know if they absolutely have to. Um, I really think the need is, and they've got Victor Mete, and then they got Eric Brandstrom. You look at the Stanley Cup playoffs. You look at the Stanley Cup champions for the last number of years. By the time you get to the end, how many teams have to have one defenseman, let alone two, playing in their top six that are the height of me? Okay, <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, okay, not the and not not the biggest guys uh, in the world. And right. I know I know the way DJ Smith likes his D to play, mm-hmm. like hard box out, what have you. If they could get a left shot guy that's got that. That's got some skill to him. I'm not talking Braden Coburn again. Okay, bring in somebody to play with Zub on your second pairing. Because I'll say this about Zaitsev. He he competes his ass off. He does. And DJ Smith really likes him. Is it an ideal partner for Shabbat? Probably not. But I still think it can work. Uh, for the if you can if you could insulate and beef up your second pairing, I'm a big fan of Zub. He's got great hockey sense. He's a legit top four D in my mind. If they could bring in another guy that can play with him, a left shot, that would be my target for the off season. Whether it's through trade, whether it's through free agency, uh, some kind of a side deal through the expansion draft with a team with an issue, whatever, um, the, that would that would be my target. If you could do one thing for the Sens get a left shot D that's a legit top four guy, not a maybe he can play. Everybody in the league knows he can play and he's going to be in a top four in most teams in the NHL. And then the obvious thing beyond that, then you just hope that Matt Murray rebounds and play because every conversation in the league comes back to goaltending. You got to get the saves every team. So whether it's Matt, if it's not Matt Murray, then you really play the hope game that one of the young kids can really evolve quickly because then they will be in a whole heap of trouble. Like, let's be honest, this comes down to the goaltending at the start of the season. It was atrocious between Murray and Hogberg, mm-hmm. and, and it's, I don't want to blame all, all on goaltending because they weren't playing well. Yeah, everybody's got to take some here, but they weren't getting any saves. No. It, was, it was really, really bad, and that can't happen again. If it does happen again, people get fired. Uh, you can't have that same
1: start to the season. Similar question, Steve. What would you do this summer if you were Toronto?
0: please tell me give me the
1: miracle answer (laughs)
0: oh what would i do if i'm toronto kyle dubas has taken a lot uh i find and and um i i I don't know how you feel matt and you're you're a leaf fan i I, I like kyle Dubas because at least he's been trying to do things he's been looking at his roster and kind of assessing needs and some of the moves that he made and rejigging the team last year you, you could see what he was thinking yep. and, and what what this team needs. You could there's see it. There's a discernible
1: it. plan there, which for there's a plan. decade yeah. there wasn't.
0: Yes. <laughs> so there's a, there's a plan. And I know people get mad when the plans don't work out. And I, and I that's, you know, fan is short for fanatic for a reason. Yep. I get that. Uh, but in terms of what the Leafs can do or should do, because I, I think those are two different things. They would love to keep Zach Hyman, obviously. Yep. But if you do that, you're what are not you doing almost anything else. Yeah, yeah, like what? What else? What else are you? Are you? Are you doing? And also in goal as well. Hey, Jack Campbell, really nice mm-hmm. story. Jack Campbell's what? Is he 29 now? And yep. he is. He is 29 years old, and he has never been a full-time starting goaltender for any of his professional seasons as an NHL goaltender. Still, right. And I'm not saying it can't happen. No. Nope. Craig Anderson is a great example. He, he didn't. Uh, he, he got the first chance to be somebody's guy in Colorado when he was 28. Right. And then he came to Ottawa and. Craig was great into his thirties here. For gave sure a lot of stability. Um, so I'm not saying it can't happen. Never say never. But we here. don't know that yet about Jack. We Kane. don't, we don't know that. And yeah. that's why there's been talk about maybe they're not done with Freddie Anderson, what he would want here. So like all these hockey conversations, as you know, become short ones when we get down to goalie, yeah. <laughs> because that, that's, that's, that's what matters the most. So with the Leafs, um, you know, I'm like everybody else. Um, I'm wondering uh, what's going on with Zach Hyman. Right. Um, are they, are they going to be able to make that work? And if they do bring him back, what else do they do to their roster uh, to mix it up? Are we going to get into the Willie conversations all over again? Who not on this you know, show or not? He, no, I thought he played well last <laughs> yeah, year. He was not the problem. <laughs> no, I don't. I agree with you on yeah. that. I think that's another guy's taking a little too much. Yes. Here. Um, and what well, if if the Leafs, no, sorry, if uh, I hate that word for you, if they make the playoffs <laughs> again, and they should, <laughs> and Mitch Marner's a no show again, what's the conversation?
1: Yeah. What's well, it's already. I didn't like that contract when they signed it. I thought they gave him too much. Any winger making that much money, Oh it's t- like, especially not a scoring winger, right? He's a pass first winger. Like there's a lot of reasons there that you don't do it. And I, I don't think he can overreact too quickly to a bad playoff series, but it's been two or three bad playoff series now. Um, Another one. Yeah. You're probably having some really difficult conversations, right? And uh, he's the guy that's overpaid, not Willie, right? Like if if Mitch Marner's making, you know, closer, I'm not even saying all the way down to Willie's 7 million, but if he's not making 10.893, maybe you're less upset, um, at him, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting one going through next season that, and and this, I said it at the beginning of this season, next season, again, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant until you get to the playoffs, right? As you said, this team should make the playoffs. We'll see, but they should. Yes. And... Until then, I don't care. Give me another 90 assists. Give me another what? You know, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen, and then I'll care. April 13th, 15th, whatever game one, and and we'll see. Right? I I just there's nothing left for this team to prove in the regular season. Um, it has to get done in the playoffs. And I'm with you. I I, I really like Jack Campbell, and I want to see them give him a chance. I also badly want them to make sure they go get a safety net for them because we just don't know, right? Is that going to work? It's a complicated year and I've been a Dubas supporter. I was shocked. I don't know about you. I was shocked that they came out 48 hours after they lost game seven to Montreal and said, we're bringing the big four back. You have time, right? You have time to go and reassess and look at all of this. I fully endorsed doing the big four thing. I thought it would work. I loved it when Dubas said we can and we will about re-signing all those guys but it's a different world now, right? The cap's not going up. No one could have predicted a pandemic. So no excuses in terms of why you lost this year, but you had time and justification to go and look at the path forward and see if this still in a flat cap world is the right path. And they chose to punt on that time and say, we're going to run it back again. So this is going to be fascinating.
0: Let me ask you this, Lee Fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh what, Say what do that you think? So it,
1: derisively. So. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's all right.
0: It's okay. Uh what, what is the uh what is the bigger misstep? And we'll still call it potential misstep okay. because these are these are still there's still some tread of the tire here. Yeah. They go on a deep, deep playoff run next sure. year. We're not having this discussion. But right now we are. Yep. What what's the biggest potential misstep? Going out and paying John Tavares all that money. Um and, and there was a free asset on the board. You didn't have to spend any assets to get him. It was just money, but yep. it's cap money. Yep. Or overpaying Mitch Marner uh, on his contract.
1: If you could do one and not the other, which one would it be? I'd still sign Tavares. Um, and again, all of this is with the benefit of hindsight, right? Because we well, don't know. What that the, yeah, of course. Uh, we don't know that the world's about to go to hell, right? And, and so, yeah, that Tavares contract, when he signed it, I didn't know how bad like or how soon it would become too much for that guy, but by the end of it, it was going to be too much for that guy.
0: But you have those leaf sheets, don't you? Hey,
1: oh and yeah, oh you, yeah, you, 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 you of have. Of course I do. PJs, onesies, <laughs> everything, man. Uh, um, you know what? I would do that again, just because I believe strongly in in being dominant up the middle. Right? I don't think you can give wingers. million. I I just don't think it works. And again, short of, I don't know, Ovechkin or guys who score, right? Mitch Marner needs somebody to score for him. Now, he's going to be brilliant in creating those opportunities, but the guy who finishes is the guy who gets paid, right? So to me, I wouldn't do the Mitch contract. Mitch didn't have any leverage. Uh, Kyle made a big mistake there. And I would do the Tavares thing again, but again, that's in a, in a pre pandemic world, right? Like all, yeah. both of those moves are made before we know, Hey, the cap ain't going to rise for, I've seen Friedman say could be five years. That would yeah. cripple the Leafs, right? And
0: I, we spoke to, we spoke to player agent Andy Scott a while ago and uh, Andy was saying, yeah, he was thinking two, three years flat.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, of that. And then maybe another couple of years before you get back onto the solid ground and, and you're getting back to what, what life used to be mm-hmm. like this. This is not going to be changing overnight here. Now, mm-hmm. the other caveat, I I wonder what the, the advent of the law is changing here in Canada and it's already changed in the, in the States by state to state with the gambling and the yes. in, inflection of that money as well. So, you know, maybe that can have an impact and speed things up here. Well, I think um, it will in the
1: CFL. I'm excited to see what it might do for them. Right. Yeah. Well, well,
0: well, uh, it, it got rid of the XFL talk for now, which is good. <laughs> I love I, I love that. Um, but it, and you you raise a good point with the wingers. There are examples where yeah, but it's they're pretty special circumstances. Yep. Uh, where do you want to pay a winger at the
1: top end of your food chain? Um, with your forward group. But we did it here, right? The rest of the team sucked, but we had Kessel as our top guy for a long time. I didn't have the, nearly the problem with Phil that most people did. He was on a terrible team. He still yep. scored 30, 35 goals a year, whatever he was going to do, playing with Stajan and Bozak and whoever mm-hmm. else they might throw out there with him. But you can't, I, I think you got to build down the middle. So I was fine with, if you're going to, yep throw Tavares in behind Matthews. I was so pumped to see that happen. I also grew up in Oshawa, big Oshawa Generals fan. So I've been following John Tavares since he was like 16 years old. So I was really excited for that for other reasons too, right? But I just... Man, people got so mad that Nylander got seven million and were fine at the time with Mitch getting almost 11. That's insanity. You can well, say Mitch might be better than him. He is better in his own end, right? There are some things that Mitch does better than what he is not four million dollars better than William Nylander.
0: Well, and, and the Nylander thing actually worked out to the least benefit that he signed on the eve of not being eligible to play that season. It brought the cap hit yes, down it for it the did. life of the contract. Yep. And you know, conspiracy and, but, theorists
1: will tell you that Kyle yeah, knew yeah. that all
0: along. Right? So. Well, well, maybe he did. You know <laughs> what? You're, it, it's not cheating. It gets back to people that are whining about uh, Kucherov not playing this season. Yeah. It's like, well, Chicago did it when Kane broke his collarbone a few years ago as well. And they brought in assets and they won the Stanley Cup. And if you want to go through, go to Cap Friendly right now, you can go through, like there's over 10 teams that were technically over the Caps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this now. Tampa went way over, and it's sure. because it was Kucherov and he didn't play a lick in the season that got big time attention. Yep. Boo hoo. Yep. That's not cheating. You know, it's uh you know, hate the game, not the player. That's right. right. That's right. So you know, that's exactly uh sort of kind of got off on a tangent. <laughs> but when when you, when you when you when you talk about wingers, there's Patrick Kane, that's a yes. Yep.
1: Or Alex Sovetskin. Yes.
0: You know, that coocher that yes. That's a yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, now, who else? Yeah,
1: it gets it, thin you, in a hurry. You,
0: you start to struggle, don't you? Yeah, right? Of course. About wingers that you know, it's like, I have no problem paying these guys obscene amount of money, maybe our, our top paid, oftentimes, forward on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those three guys. Panarin.
1: Sure. I think
0: Panarin could have won the Hart Trophy last year of the season yeah, he that he could. had. Yep. Um, so, but it's, you're you're right. Strength down the middle and not sports in general. I would, if I had my druthers, now sometimes you know, you have these exceptions. I would rather overpay a little bit. If I know I'm getting that quality center yeah. or stud D, yeah. then my stud. And, and everybody knows Marner's a stud winger. He yeah, is. He, yeah, had a bad, he had a bad playoff. Okay. Yep. And, and he's taken heat and he should take some meat for that. That's, mm-hmm. that's pro sports, but this is why, um, I think you can impact the game a little bit more if you're in the middle mm-hmm. of the ice, whether you're, you're a, a top ND or, or you're a centerman.
1: Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, uh, as we sit here Tuesday afternoon and record this, last night's home run derby. And I got to be honest with you, I go through phases with this thing. I'd sort of lost interest, but I really liked it. I don't know whether it was two, three, four years ago now when they introduced the new head-to-head format, right, that that they do now. And I'm like everybody else. I've been blown away by what Shohei Otani has done this season out in Anaheim. Um, where it's usually too late for me to still be up mm. watching. But uh, I'll catch the highlights in the morning or I'll catch them on the East Coast or whatever's going on. But what they did on Monday evening with that home run derby, I thought the broadcast was great. I thought, um, although there was some complaints on Twitter, and I kind of get it, the, the split cameras that they were running at times made it somewhat jarring at times. But to see the battle that Otani went through with Soto, um. Like this, what do you think in general, like, of the home run derby? Has it found a resurgence for you, or is it still just kind of a throwaway midsummer thing that you don't really have a ton of time for?
0: I I watched last night until I, I hung in there. I wanted to see Otani. Yeah. Um. And 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 I'm working morning radio. I'm up at four yeah. thirty, and I, <laughs> I I went to bed after that. I didn't stick around. I saw Alonso ended up winning it when mm-hmm. I got up this morning. Um. But I'm I'm with you. Um. I I love the format that they had last night. I, I like the tempo of it. It seemed to move along a little bit better. Yes, uh, and then in previous years, when the, when they when they first started, when did they start doing it? around ninety. Uh, it's I, been a while now, yeah, it's, yeah, been, yeah, yeah. it's around 30 years or so, and it was like anything else when it was the first number of years, it was so novel, and I was always dialed into it. Um, I don't miss Chris Berman yelling back, 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 <laughs> over and over again, no. so I'm glad that's gone <laughs> as well, that that got old in a hurry, and yeah. watching uh, home run derbies uh, and years come by, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that, I was, uh, and 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 you want to talk about moving the needle? Honestly, I I wasn't it wasn't on my radar. I was like, uh, oh yeah, it's on. Right. And I, oh, wait a minute, Otani's in it. Yep. I wanna yeah. I want to watch this. He made me want to tune in. Yeah. Show it because this guy is the second coming of Babe Ruth mm-hmm. and maybe better than Babe Ruth. Right. Like it is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, as we record this right now, he's going to start the All Star game and be in the lineup. And yep. they made the exception that he can stay on and hit when he gets pulled right. from the game. <laughs>
1: Like and and that's the way it should be. It's smart. Well, the manager said, I forget who's managing the AL team, um, but he said, like I I am I asked the league to do that because that's what the fans want to see. There, this that, is the Shohei Ohtani show right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and f- thank you. Yes. Because so 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 often in sports, like no no rules are rules. It's like, are you kidding me? It's the All Star game.
1: That was going to bug me. It's Kevin, Kevin K. K. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If 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 you if you're ever going to bend rules it's going to be for an exhibition showcase event that's only there for your sponsors and your fans mm-hmm. yeah you know make up the rules as you go along sure. i don't care <laughs> i mean we you, you you brought it in years ago uh, that the winner of the game got home field right. advantage in the world series yeah. so don't tell me that you can't tweak a freaking dh rule <laughs> for the game so thank you i'm i'm glad they they, they did that because the he, he he moves the needle man uh, like i was i probably told you this before, i was baseball was my favorite sport when i was a kid and it was baseball and hockey right? All right. but baseball was bigger for me massive expos fan uh, i was a jays fan as well back in those days because i'm old uh, <laughs> you didn't have the conflict because you didn't play each other and went to the world series i could have my favorite american league team and have my favorite nl team and nobody could call me a waffler okay <laughs> uh, but the but the expos were my team and um I've kind of fallen out of love with baseball over the years, it's just the way the game has been played. Uh, it's, it has not been as exciting mm-hmm. as it has been in years past. And I love the comments of Theo Epstein. And he says, it's guys like me. And he's pointing at myself, uh, at, at, at himself, yeah. of, of we have just overanalyzed this game. And we've kind of perfected the sabermetric portion of how or whatever term you want to use. Yep. And now they got to start to bring in rules to bring back you know, flow of game, uh, balls in play, all of that here move. Um, it's it, it, it's not the same. So here's the good news. Otani's got my attention. Yeah, this this guy's got my attention. I am fully dialed in. He is. If I'm flipping around and he's on, I stop. Okay. I want
1: to watch him and watch his at bats. I'm with you there, right? And and it it, it I bet you it's somewhat similar and, and maybe not. I mean we we always look to hockey here, right? That's always the easy comparison, but to a casual US fan, might Connor McDavid be doing that when he comes through and plays the Blue Jackets or the Panthers or whatever? Oh, I've heard that name. He's the most exciting mm-hmm. young guy that, that would make you watch his highlights on the top of, of Center on ESPN or whatever might be going on there. Right, I'm, I'm with you that Shohei Otani has become this this kind of bigger than the game star right now that's doing something we haven't seen in forever. And uh, the all-star game to me is it, like you, I, I kind of come in and out of it. It's eh, whatever, but I'll watch the first few innings for sure, because that's the blue. We have three Blue Jays starting. I want to see them. And Shohei Otani's batting lead off just ahead of Vladdy. I want to see that. Then he's going to pitch. Uh, you know, for the first couple innings, you have my attention, right? We'll we'll see what it does after that. But f- at least for the beginning, knowing he's going to be a part of that, I'm there, man. And it's been a while since baseball's had it. You may have to go all the way back to, was it 98 when they had the big home run chase with Maguire and, and Sosa? Yep. Yep. Since there's been this kind of mainstream, you know, reason to check in on, like ESPN was running cut-ins from their programs for Sammy Sosa at bats in September of that year or whatever. And that's the kind oh. of year Shohei Ohtani's having.
0: Well, Sosa Maguire, they were on newscasts. Yes. CNN was covering. It, right. <laughs> like it it, it it transcended the sport. Yeah. Um, And Otani, what he's doing right now, this is huge for baseball. It is. It, I'm cheering for the guy. I'm good yeah. because if he does, if he continues to put up the, the kind of season that he's having, um, like pitching and uh, obviously with the bat here, what that's going to do for base, that's going to help baseball. Sure. It's going to help baseball tremendously. So I, I'm cheering for him and uh, he certainly has my attention. And, and also with the All Star game. Like one of the greatest things when I was a kid, especially, not, nothing. It was a thrill for me to to tune into the All Star Game,
1: and to see an Expo or a Blue Jay, right? Um, Maybe and those team intros, he's standing and, and, there and tips the hat.
0: Well, and the thing with uh, with baseball, unlike other All Star games, they're wearing their uniform, yes. Right? And, and it is just something romantic about that, sure. you know, as, as, as a kid, as you're watching one of your favorite players from your favorite baseball team, from your Canadian baseball team, yeah. and they're at the all-star game and it, it was pretty special stuff. So, uh, I, I, hope there's a lot of young Jays fans are going to get that feeling tonight watching those three
1: start. Uh, last thing for you here, we did reference there a few minutes ago that the uh, CFL on pace to return, uh, red blacks camp is open. Um, it's been an eventful couple of weeks, lots of retirements. There's been a car accident. There's been, this is not the roster that showed up at camp that a lot of us thought we might be seeing, but, um, you know, when one door closes, another opens, lots of opportunities for some other guys to get in here and try things. Um, have you, have you found that with it gone, for a year your expectations or your excitement for a CFL season are raised at all and and even from a professional sense how important is it to have this team back uh you know and, and another thing to talk about for um, you know, in the summer it gets thin sometimes. So the yeah. CFL is important around here. No, I, I've been doing sports radio in
0: this town a long time, so I did a lot of summers with nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, really to to sink your teeth into. So ever, ever since that the Red Blocks came to be, it's been really good for us, and and just uh, selfishly uh, with my show, usually I, often I do two three shows a week during the summer from the broadcast booth. We do the show from practice and most has been so good to us. And we, we'd have a player or two or Marcel Desjardins come up and speak to us on the show after. And back when the fury, we'd have fury soccer players come right. up. I, I just love doing the show on the road like that. Sure. And it was, it was so much fun. And I, and I hope we, uh, we, we can get back to that, but specifically to, to a fan of, uh, uh, of the red blacks, the CFL, um, like my, my first ever, um, professional sporting experience because the senators weren't here, uh, my dad was always a big football fan, and we'd go to Rough Riders games. Right. back in back in the 80s uh, when I was a little kid, um, and he, uh, he he loved it, and he's taken his son to the game, so he enjoyed the experience as well. I hope he did. <laughs> um, and th- that's the and the Rough Riders people don't need to tell people in this town were awful, yeah, and yeah. I didn't care, but so there's always a soft spot in my heart because I, I think about my first time going to a stadium to watch a sporting event with a lot of people. And it's like was was CFL football, mm-hmm. right? So that that'll always kind of stay with me that way. Now, in terms of following the league right now, I got I got to do my homework. Like I mean, honestly, there's a lot of no, names. Oh man. man, it's hard right now. <laughs> who, who retired? Who's hurt? Um, yep. And it's not. And you look at the other teams. You want to get a handle on, especially the other teams in the East as yep. well. Um, but with the Red Blacks, it's um. Uh, I find myself I'm hitting their website and I'm like, okay. Um, I'm paying like, give me that media guide because the turnovers <laughs> big right now. <laughs> right, I'm talking to people that are that actually cover the team on a day to day basis that are going like Stevie Bunda's going down there, and I want to pick his brain and AJ and and uh, because uh, I I love it. Um, uh, I love being a pure fan. Um, and ever since that's come back, that's the kind of the one team here locally. Um, that I would say because I'm a cynical uh, <laughs> uh radio veteran, I guess now in that. <laughs> I, I, w- I want to see the Ottawa Senators do well, sure. uh, but I'm I'm not. I don't have that. I'm not the the pure fan. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I do want to see them do well because I, I you get to know some of the guys. You cheer for people, and I cheer for the city and the fans. Yeah, That's good for the market. That that love it here. Yeah. But I, when it comes to the Red Blacks, I get to be a fan. Nice. And and I I've dabbled in the broadcast. I'll help. Like, hey, listen, somebody's sick or something. Can you do? It? Yeah, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I kind of prefer not getting too that close to it because I've kind of enjoyed just being that guy that's yelling at his TV uh over things. Plus it's Friday night. You're supposed to be a
1: couple pints deep by the time. (laughs) Or or from
0: well, well when I when I go to games, usually I've got to I've got to rewatch the game later in the weekend (laughs) because I'm not in my seat. (laughs) And anybody's been there, you're running into everybody you know and there's of course anyways that's another story. So uh pure fan perspective, love it. Can't wait to get it back. Uh, I'm so happy that uh, we're starting to get on the other side of COVID, it seems. And we got, you know, more people getting uh, both doses and things are opening up. And we're going to have fans in the stands by the end of August, by the look of it, when they start to play some games back in Ottawa. Can't wait. Love it. Um, I've missed it. And, uh, the thing is, uh, I've got to start to do my homework on who the players are because it's turned over so much.
1: Over here, we just lean on Michaela. She's all over it far more. uh, And I know you can do the same when she's on with you, but she's here every uh, Thursday morning and, uh, she knows wow. her stuff, and uh, if people aren't listening, the Mouchoir podcast, Mouchoir Red Blacks podcast, uh, she does a great job with that one too. But that's where I turn to when I. Who is this guy? Right? Like, well, it,
0: it, you know what? I, I don't mind giving a free plug mm-hmm. for this as well. Um, and I've I've told Michaela this. You know, M- Michaela works at at the Ottawa Hospital. That's her job job, mm-hmm. and I know that. And she does some work with us sometimes. Michaela, I honestly I, I I think she's a natural. She is yes. she is outstanding. When she sits in, I've done shows with her. She's done other shows at TSN twelve hundred. She does a podcast with you. She's got the she's got game podcasts yep. going now. Big fan of Michaela. And uh, you know that that that's something I've told her as well. So uh yeah, I I uh if you want to what, lean on Michaela to uh, get your CFL red
1: blacks knowledge, that's a good person to lean on for sure. Um, really appreciate you doing this, Steve. It's been a while. I think, uh, the last time you were in was, uh, Halloween of 2019. The, the kids went
0: trick-or-treating and then when they were done, I went over to your place. I
1: think you brought us a couple of little O'Henry's too when you came in. So, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> uh, went quite nicely with the, uh, the pints after the trick-or-treating was done. Yes. Um, and, uh, hopefully we're in a place here within the not too distant future. We'll be able to get you back into one of these in person. Um, Can't wait. And maybe even, uh off the air grab a pint on a patio somewhere here in the not too distant future, but really appreciate you making some time for me, man. Always Matt. Good stuff. That's uh, Steve Lloyd from In The Box. It's 10 to 2 most of the time on TSN 1200, but you'll find him throughout the summer, later in the day, earlier in the day, whenever somebody needs to be uh, relieved for their vacation, Steve will tag in. So look for him on TSN 1200. Uh, this has been Tall Can Audio number 853. We thank you for listening. I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you can catch more of these coming up in the future. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall can Audio, and we will see you all next
0: time. It is over!
1: Now that's a tasty beverage.
0: Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching Tall can Audio on your favorite podcast app.